Welcome to the Midlife Male Podcast, a podcast designed to help men maximize middle age and live healthier, wealthier, stronger, and happier. I am Greg Scheinman, and I'm inviting you to join the thousands of men who listen each week, receive my Midlife Male newsletter, and are committed to making this next phase of life our best phase. If you have not yet downloaded my No BS Guide to Maximizing Midlife, where I break down the three principles to maximizing middle age and taking back some of that shit you've given up, head on over to midlifemail.com forward slash no BS guide. Guys are loving these three principles to maximizing middle age, and you can download your copy today at midlifemail.com forward slash no BS guide. All right, guys, it is Midlife Mail Podcast time. I am your host, Greg Scheinman. This week and every week, thank you guys so much for all of the support and keeping the Midlife Mail movement growing. Head on over to midlifemail.com for all things Midlife Mail, brand partnerships, special offers, ways we can work together, subscribe to the newsletter and the podcast, keep the Midlife Mail movement growing. It is because of all of you that I get to do what I do, and I am extremely appreciative and grateful. I am also deeply appreciative and grateful to have my guest joining me today, Abdi, Abdi Rahman. Got it. The Black Cactus on Life, Running and Fun. I got to know Abdi through Miles Schrag. Miles is the editor and writer who has helped me with my book. He also worked with Abdi on his book and it is awesome. Abdi's world. You got to go and check that out. We're going to get into this um, in a big way over the next hour. Abdi's got this go big approach to life and to running. And now you're going to get to experience his positive mindset firsthand on this show. He is a five-time Olympian and he's sharing the stories that shaped his enduring love of running and his laid-back approach to life. He arrived in Tucson, Arizona as a teenager when his family escaped civil war in their home country of Somalia. And the Black Cactus, as he is affectionately known, and he talks to us later on in the show about how he got that nickname, he stumbled on a career as one of the world's most durable and beloved track and road racers of the 21st century. This is a story of resilience, commitment, and respect for friends and competitors alike. This is like super cool. Abdi is is a super, super cool guy. And he has created this incredible world and experience where he has traveled the globe. He's sharing his joie de vie at every stop. And he shows this magician's ability to balance work and play. And that anyone young or old in and out of running can just learn a lot from to live a more meaningful life. So let's get to it. Midlife Mail Podcast, Abdi, Abir Rahman, let's go. Super stoked. This year is getting off to an amazing start. Just incredible men and guests that have uh, agreed to come on to the podcast. And today is one of those highlight moments where I've got Abdi Abdirahman. Did I get it? Kind of? Yes. I did it better before we were recording, right? Yeah, you did it better. Yeah, right. <laughs> so give it to me one more time and I'm going to get it back to you. Abdurrahman. 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 Yes. There we go. Okay. Second time is the charm. So I got the silver. You're the gold man. Okay. I got the silver right yeah. there. <laughs> well, thank you so much for, for joining me, Abdi. What's, what's super cool is that um, we got connected through a mutual friend, uh, through through Miles Schrag, and uh, he's he's a great guy, and I appreciate him for hooking us up like this. Oh, it was great, man! You know, just he told me a lot about you. So, and when he told me you're doing the broadcast and it was all about it, just it wasn't even a second question when he asked me if I want to be in, and I said I would love to. Well, th- thank you again. Uh, this book, and I want to get deeper into it. Ab- Abdi's World: The Black Cactus on Life, Running, and Fun. This is this is a great book. Um, and I want to start maybe with that, that last F fun. You know, I talk a lot about my six F's, uh, family and fitness and finance, 
and food and fashion. And then the sixth one is fun, which really should be at the front over there. Uh, And I love that you included the word fun in the title of your book. Talk to me a little bit about why this was so important to you, you know, and what, what fun means to you. You know, the funny mean to me, everything, to be honest, like I just, I have those, I have those philosophy. I say everything you do in life, you have to have fun with it. And if it's not fun, you're not enjoying what you do in life. Basically, you're just going through the mood or the moment. You just, you, you're not, you don't want to be there. And, you know, just for me, I'm, I'm a professional distance runner and I have been the past 20 years. And it's just like everything that I did it through my career and I did loving the sports the sports that gave me everything and i have and i'm keep doing it people always tell me okay i can't do it i'm old you know just when you get to a certain age people don't think you you can accomplish the thing that you accomplish when you're young and for my philosophy is just if i'm having fun and i'm still doing it i'm enjoying it so that's fun to me absolutely it's so spot on but you know as you talk about being a professional distance runner the discipline the consistency the the mileage i mean you talk about you know a process that is so challenging and so difficult and in a way seems like the antithesis of fun the idea of bringing fun into it how do you work through those challenging moments you know the less fun times. I know you're enjoying what you do and you're making it fun, but you still got to get up early. You still got to pound the pavement. You know, the weather's not always going to be perfect. You know, how do you work through those challenges, that type of adversity? Uh, you know, like, in, and that's a great question, actually. I'm glad you asked me that question because I've never been asked like that question, phrases like that, because it's not always fun. It, you know, like it, anything that you do in life, there's a point that where you go through like rough patches or you don't want to wake up. You don't want to go. You don't want to go to work, you know, just like that. But at, at the end of the day, you still have to do it, which you you still have to do what you have to do to survive, to make it like ends neat. So when I'm going through like a rough times, it's always and I, and I, and I think about it I just, and I say, you know what, there's a people who have like five to eight jobs who have, who have wars in me, like, you know, just like, you know, struggling just to have to be there for eight hours. But for me, I go through those difficult times just saying, okay, I have to be out there for about two hours or an hour and a half, or, you know, just like, I just put a perspective, everything in life. You might have, I might have like a, someone is, I might have a difficult, but in my eyes, someone else have a difficult than me. Just is a ladder. Mm-hmm. You know, it, yeah. it makes perfect sense. No matter how much you love your career, your yeah. job, and, and how much fun you have with it in the big picture, yes, there are going to be those times where, like anything, it's still work. It's still a job. There's still days where I'm I'm tight and I don't want to lift that thing, you know, and I don't want to go run that, or I don't want to go do those taxes or whatever it may be. But the bigger picture is that, yeah, I I enjoy this. You know, I really like doing this, and if I didn't do if I didn't do the hard shit, I wouldn't be able to enjoy, you know, exactly. all the fruits of the labor and the really good stuff that comes along, you know, with it. Nothing good comes easy in life, though. That's what they say. You know, it's a great lesson and it's a, and it's a great truth. And I want to get into the backstory of everything. But, you know, as you say that, lessons are such a big part of the book. I mean, you broke up your book into various parts all about lessons, lessons in possibilities and belonging and in belief. And I want to go through, you know, a number of those. Where did you get the kind of idea and vision to break the book up into these lessons? And why was that so important to you? I, you know, like my old, my life was, wasn't always been perfect, you know, to be honest, I came from Somalia, you know, just, I came to this country as a refugee, came with my family, you know, just like a you know, I make up my first Olympic team, which I didn't know. You know, just everything just fall into my lap, even though I work for it. Whenever, whenever it fell into my lap, into the, my lap, I never say, "Oh, I can't do this." You know, I just ran with it, and you know, just at the end of the day, and I learned every chapter of my life. Those five Olympics, I learned each Olympics something new. Each Olympics, I learned from something. You know, just always difficult times. There's like, you know, just sometimes you get injury. The sponsorship deals. There's a lot of things that goes through. So, and that's that's the reason I break it down. So the people are just, and it can be a little bit not normal book. The people that write, you know, just something about their life story. So I just want to make it fun. People they can relate to. 
Five Olympics. Yes. 20, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Over 20, tw- over 22 plus now. <laughs> <laughs> so over, over 20 years. Yeah. I, I, I don't even know. What to, like, how do you do that? I mean, a 20-year body of work where from one Olympics to the next, you got four years, and then to do it over and over, to start over again and say, okay, I'm going to recommit another four years down down the road. What's what's your secret? Uh, like I said before, I just love running and I enjoy it, even though the difficult times, like uh, the difficult times, not that much, you know, the hardship thing is not that much. It outweighed the enjoyment that I have for the sports, to be honest. And it's not the most lucrative sports, but I made the best out of it, what I had, like, and I enjoyed And I just love running. And I, even if I stop running tomorrow, I will always be a runner. So that's the one thing. <laughs> Let me ask you, you talked about, about growing up and being raised in Somalia. Tell me a little bit about kind of your, your backstory, where, where you were raised, how you got you know, here, and also... That journey of how one becomes a, a professional runner. When you start running, like when you got bit by the running bug, you so when people started to notice, you know, you as a runner, and how this actually happens. Uh, you know, like I said, originally I'm originally from Somalia. You know, grew up in Tucson, Arizona, and the reason we end up in the reason we end up in Tucson because we were in a refugee camp in Kenya. And my dad used to work for American companies, so and also during the Civil War. So for us, only the best way to get here was to get a sponsorship from the company that my dad used to work with. So thank God they wrote a letter for us, and then they brought us to Tucson, Arizona. And that's how I ended up coming to the U.S. Refugee camp to Tucson was kind of a little bit different. And on my running career, when I was uh, – I didn't run in high school at all, so I tried to play soccer, but, you know, Jesse didn't – didn't go that far, even though I was, I thought I was a good soccer player, but yeah, but I started running because of a lot of my friends in my first year in college at junior college and Pima community college. Most of my friends were student athlete. And every time at 3.30 PM, everybody would go to practice in a different sports. The basketball guys would go to basketball practice, running, would go to track, you know, just in 3.30, that's when all the practice start. And I will be only the guy left at the cafeteria. And I just have to go home. And I, one day I decided, say, you know what? All my friends are doing sports. I want to do some sports too. That same weekend, I, I went to watch a U of A track meet that Saturday. And I saw one of the guys running 3,000 meters from central Arizona. And he was dead last. And I told myself, if that guy can run, at least I can beat him. I won't be dead last. So I went to the pool. I went to the team of community college coach and I, that Monday I, I told him I would love to join the track team. And he said, have you ever run? And I said, I never run before. He said, never, not even in high school. And I said, no, I never run. Just, and he said, okay. And he just didn't pay attention to me. He thought I was just one crazy guy. I just want to, you know, and he said, okay, why don't you come back to practice tomorrow? I came back. I was wearing bare of rock boot shoes, boots, and I was wearing jeans. He said, run with the kid. I run with the guys. I came in second. I was beat by one of my good friends now, John Lancer. He was first, but he out sprinted me the last 400 meter. And I think that was my beginning of my career. That same weekend, following weekend, I won the, I won the dual meet from Pima Central. And the guy, same guy I saw was on the race too. So and I won the race. <laughs> that's, that, that was the beginning of my career. That That's amazing. Um, you know, one of the things is you were talking and you just kind of passed right over it. You said, okay, yeah. went from a re- moved from a refugee camp to Tucson, Arizona. Just kind of like, and you pass right over it as if that's something that, that, that we can maybe even relate to or I can even fathom, you know, at all. What the difference in your life had to be like coming over here was... Uh, my, my, to be honest, like only the best way to explain it was that night and day. You know, also I, I wasn't, I was in a, I wouldn't say in the dark, but we were in a refugee camp where you ha- where you have to get to get your food. You only get like certain amount of food for a week, and you have to get in line. You know, just everything like with a bunch of other people, 
you know, it's not the life that I wanted for anybody to have. But at that situation, we were in it because of the Civil War. And thank God, you know, I got to experience that life and make me appreciate life more. And then coming to U.S., coming, going to like a food where you only get like a sugar and rice and little oil, going to the grocery shop where you can get everything that you want in life, you know, just from meat, from like something that you just dream of. And it just, it was totally different. How did you and and your family, I guess, not only acclimate, but kind of keep things in perspective, you know, once you got here and you go from from what you saw and how you were living in the refugee camp to this abundance and freedom, you know, in, in the U.S. and even just being around other kids in community college and everywhere else where I know I've got a 15 and an eight year old, 18 year old, and they're crazy. They're not good. I can't imagine they'd be great influences you know, on somebody who's, who's brand new to this whole country. Talk a little bit about family, family values, you know, and, and keeping your, your head screwed on straight and getting an education and then pursuing athletics. It just seems amazing to me. Um, then in such a short period of time, in a way, from getting, you were able to do all that, um, you know, from from your background too. It's it's extraordinary. Yeah, you know, to be honest, it was like it. I think it was easy because we had each other. Because we have my family and us. For the first few months, wasn't the easiest because, uh, like, uh, most of us, even though my dad and my mom, everybody speak spoke English, not not uh I didn't speak any English. My brother did a little bit. You know, we knew the names. What's your name? Hello, Dusty. But we don't know anything. So we have to go to ESL's, uh, ESL classes, English as second language. And, you know, so we first few months, we didn't even do anything. But and after that, we integrated to the community. We get to know our neighbors, you know, just. And it's not like something we just jump into the life right away. And it just becomes we become a part of the community. We we get to know our neighbors, you know, just start hanging out the neighbors and then going to, and then after just playing basketball with the neighborhood kids. And to be honest, you know, you always have a, growing up as a, you know, growing in Tucson, first few months I came, the people were nothing but nice, except when I get high school. And that's, that's any, any high school, you always have those crazy kids, man, just, you know, picking on you. So making fun of you when you don't speak the language. So other than that, it was great to be honest. Mm. So as you progress, you join, you join the track team mm-hmm. on, on a whim. I can run. Okay. I'm not going to be dead last. You join, you join the track team and you start experiencing success. At what point either coach or yourself or somebody starts to say to you, okay, there's real potential here. There's real, there's real opportunity. Um, how does your life change at that point? Your training, you know, your your eating, your pursuit of of running, you know, as a profession. I've take me through the trajectory of that. I just don't. It's so new to me. Yeah, definitely. And that's a good question. To be honest, I'm, I'm different. To be honest, I'm not like a one of those kids that being groomed to, to be a professional distance runner where all their parents invest everything that they have for them to be to succeed. You know, for me, I was just, I just walked into it and I didn't even know what the professional running was until I finished school, until I was done. Until my, like my last year of school, that's when I knew like there's a professional distance run. Other than that, I just enjoy running, even though I was winning, I was getting all kind of recognition, but that part was me just, it, it was just for me, the winning part of it and training out, that was my happiest moment, to be honest. I didn't even care about like, you know, all the recognition that I get being on the paper. I never even saved. I was talking to someone like a couple of days ago. He said, hey, well, you were on the paper last week. Did you see that? And I said, not really. It's just like, it's not something that I care, to be honest. Like, that's for someone else to recognize what I did. And I really appreciate it. But it's not like something I'm going to drill about and just, you know, brag about it to the other people. And I say, look at what I have done. Look what I've accomplished. You know, just, and that's like, and also, you know, just like when I, when I signed my first contract, it was great at Nike, you know, just like he said, they even approached me. I didn't even approach them. Someone find me and say, hey, they would like this. And I said, okay, they're going to pay me. Yeah. I, I just the ad, it's so, so refreshing in regards to, hey, I just kept running, you know, and as I kept running and kept doing well and, and had success, these opportunities continue to find you. Exactly. Yep. And, and what's awesome about it is, is that, that attitude and aptitude of I just 
let me go do what I'm enjoying doing out there and let me keep performing and let me keep being positive about it. And if you want to sponsor me, you want to take me to the next race, let's go. I mean, that's just, and there's got to be though a tipping point, if I can ask you, between walking out on that track with the jeans and the wrong sneakers and just doing it and where your natural ability kind of hits that tipping point of, excuse me, now I have a regimen. I have to, I'm going up against the best of the best. I have to maybe do things. My natural will take me so far, but now there's really a way to train. There's a way to sleep. There's a way that I have to work and act as a professional because then it is a job, right? Yes. In there. When did that really happen for you? And did you come to a point where it's kind of like, oh, well, yeah, now this kind of does feel a little bit more like work. You know, there's, I can't just get out there and do it. I got, I've got the Olympics to go for, you know, now. Yeah, definitely. That's definitely. And that's, and that's when my coach comes in though, like a Dave Murray, like my University of Arizona coach. He's the one who guarded me through the, from the beginning of my professional through this point of my career, you know, just at the end of the day, like no one gets, you don't get anywhere by yourself. If someone tell you they, they reach, you know, they reach at the summit point of this by their own. They always like there's always someone help us out, someone who who like, you know, just as a mentor, as a coach, as a father. And for me, that person was my coach. He he the one who always believed in me, and I always follow his direction. And he always like you know trained me the right way, and I never questioned his workout. Everything just and, and there's a point even in my book, one of my five things like I said, if it's not broken, don't try to fix it. You know just and I'm also I'm in for the long term. If the, if the thing's not working up today or tomorrow, just like you know what, give it a time, mm. it, it will come together. So and that was like my coach who they give me you know the path to success to be honest he give me the best workout and he give me the advice and i listened to him and i'm still here to this day as a 45 year old still doing as a professional distance runner it's 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 amazing where do you live now where are you I live in tucson arizona so you're still in tucson okay is your family still in tucson no my family live in seattle okay now how did they get to seattle because they were in Tucson originally, right? Yeah, they were in Tucson. You know, just like, uh, you know, just they want to, the big Somali community in Seattle. So they want to be close to some friends that they knew back home. So, yeah. And what is what is a typical day look like for you? Now I'm just fascinated with your whole life. Okay. Uh, you know, typical day, I wake up in the morning around 6 a.m., you know, just have my coffee. I'll go for a run, go work out, and probably go to the gym for two hours and then come back, take a nap and do it again, all, all again in the afternoon around three o'clock. So you train twice a day? Yes. Are you training for anything in particular right now? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to do some races, but the main races that I'm going to be doing will be March 20th at the New York City Half Marathon. So your appearances, when you're running now, are you running, and obviously for, for enjoyment and because you want to, but are you being brought to to marathons and events, um, you know, by your partners and your sponsors just to be out there and enjoy, enjoy different events and be there? Yeah, sometimes, most of the time, yeah. But most of the time I'm participating too. So like I go to New York City Marathon, I go to Boston, you know, just a lot of other races around the country. So, so most of the time I'm running and sometimes I'm just there for his appearance. The Midlife Mail podcast would not be possible without the support of some incredible brand partners. I only recommend brands I use, believe in, and trust. And each brand was handpicked by me for a specific reason. I believe in these guys, not just because they're great companies with great people behind them, but because the stuff works. I use these to stay at my peak and I suggest you do too. So go over to midlifemail.com and click on special offers for exclusive Midlife Mail discounts and promotions. When you say you're going to just go out for a run during the day, what is it? What is a run like your morning and afternoon? Are we talking about, hey, I'm doing 10 miles a day, 20 miles a day? When I go out for a walk, it's like three miles with my dog. So when you go out for a run, I know it's got to be totally different. Yeah, for me, my morning run can be anywhere. Like if I'm, if I'm doing double day, it depends on what the, you know, it's just like a lot of people think it's just a run. It's not a run. Like today, this morning I did nine months, but afternoon I have a workout, short work, kind of like a short workout, which is another maybe like a 
warm up, cool down, plus the workout will be another 10 miles. Probably those would be a total of 20 miles a day, 20 miles for the day. And sometimes it can be anywhere from 12 to 15. Usually it's anywhere from 12 to 20 miles a day. It just it depends, give and take. It depends what the day is. Like today is going to be a 20 miler because of the workout. Tomorrow is going to be maybe 15 miler, just double run, 10 and 5. How does your body feel now at 45? You know, I'm 49. Mm-hmm. You're doing 20 miles a day, okay, at 45 years old. How does your body feel and how has your training and recovery changed as you've gotten older? To be honest, like, you know, my, my I'm not as fast as I used to be, to be honest. I'm, I know that. That's one thing. I, that's only one thing I noticed. But other than that, recovery-wise, I don't feel any different than I was when I was 21. So you're just a freak of nature, basically. I can't, I can't get anything from you on that because I feel completely different. Each, each year I get older, things take longer to recover, you know, and to feel. And it's, it's amazing that you can do that. That's, that's incredible. I've been, it's, a, it's a gift from God. So that's what I tell people. I just, there's no, like, I can't, I can't put any, I can't put any words on it. I know I've been gifted and I'm just, I'm not normal because of what I'm capable of doing because I know because I have a lot of friends that I went to school with and I told them what I do and they can't even believe it. So it just, you know, if it's people not believe it, it just must be a talent, you know, special one too. <laughs> what do you eat in a day to fuel, I, to fuel this volume? I eat everything, man. I just, I just don't eat like a junk food or just, but I, I, most of my food I make it though. I just like, you know, for me, I, I cook my own food from scratch. So that's, I eat a lot of fish, chicken, you know you talked about again we're going the lessons you know throughout throughout the book Mm -hmm. what would you what would you say is kind of your greatest takeaway you know from from your running career to date uh for me like not giving up to be honest there's yeah that's the one thing my greatest takeaway for was not giving up because there's so many times where i could have just to throw the white flag and done, did something else in life. And people even told me that and they say, why are you still doing this? Just, you know, you're not as good as you used to be this, this, but, but I never took those. Like I just always avoid those noises. I just, you know, block them. And I just, because I know that some people like, for me, the most important thing was I was believing on myself and my coach and my friends were believing me too, but other people, they didn't know what I was going through at that time, but they only see the result at that. They see that result and, and they have they have right to their opinion. How long do you think you can keep doing this? As long as I do, it's just like that's the that's the best question. You know, to be honest, I'm I'm like now I, I want to do as long as I want to do. If I'm turning if I if I'm in 50 and I'm still doing it. I wouldn't be surprised because I love it. Just at the end of the day, no one like uh, my Nike deal just ended this year. So I don't know, maybe they will renew me. If they don't do, if they don't renew me, I will keep doing it. And, you know, just I'll, because I love the sports. I just, it is, it is, it is what I love to do. And I'm good at it. And I want to just, and my main goal is now I'm thinking about always, I have made, I should have been a six time Olympian, but I missed a 2016. Mm. That's one thing. So I'm I'm re- I'm chasing that sixth ring. Wow, chasing it. So you would be how old for your sixth? You think I would be forty seven. Okay, so it's come it's it's coming up. You're chasing that. You yeah. mentioned you you mentioned your Nike deal just expiring, and earlier again you talked about mm, sponsors coming to you and you saying, yeah, let's 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 go. How do you view? the financial aspect of, of this sport and doing it as, as a profession. How do you view the sponsors, the money balancing that? And this is your job. This is, yeah, yeah, this is it. You're not working somewhere else and then going out for a run. So how do you approach the financial aspect of it? Um, And it's easy to get lost and and stressed out about that. Exactly. And that's true. And it is 100. But at the end of the day, I, I happen to build a great relationship with the with the race organizers, the people who put the New York City Marathon, Boston Marathon, so many races around the country, and that's how I make my money. I make my money is performance based. 
so it's not it's not performed based, but I get appearance and then I earn price money, so which is good amount of money. But I just for me like money does doesn't motivate me to be honest. And this is it's not and and that would be a problem when you're doing for the money. That's when you get all this stressed out. Mm-hmm. First, I love it and just like less stress and I enjoy it and I just happen to be good at it. And and if I wasn't getting the money I'm I would be doing something else. But this I'm still I'm still performing a high level. And I said, okay. <laughs> you mentioned it with with I was going to talk to you. One of my F's is fashion and, and, and style. And now that the Nike deal has expired, and we'll see whether that, that comes back. I want to ask you about, about your style. Running gear is cool. You know, like Nike makes some really, really cool stuff and style. And when you get out there and you get confident, you look fast and the tights and the tops and the shoes, like is, is styling like your look, is that a thing for you? Style my look. Mm. I like style, but not when I'm running. When I'm running, I'm, I'm trying to be the as minimum and as, as I can be. Whatever makes me warm and comfortable, that's what I mean. And to be honest, for me, I'm just like, style. when it comes to style, normal clothes, I'm just like, you know, dress shirt. Just like, a, I like I like to look nice when I'm casual. You know, just style is outside of, outside of running for me. Mm. So it's, hey, Nike, this is what I want. Hook me up. This is, this is what I want. This is what I feel comfortable in walking around. And when I race, hey, it just better work, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know, like uh, when, when you're with Nike, you, you can order whatever you want to order. That is account, so you just order and just, and that's what, and I just order most of the time, casual shoes, casual t-shirts. And like the running days, the singlet and shorts and half tights. The Black Cactus. Where did this nickname come from? Who gave you this? Mm-hmm. Uh, this name, this nickname has come from Arizona just because I'm a native. I'm like, I consider my, even though I'm from Somalia, I consider myself a native Arizona. And my neighbor gave me actually the black, he was going to call me the black Saguaro, but I said black cactus sounds much better. <laughs> so you dubbed yourself. You added the cactus part. Yeah. See, most people that give themselves a nickname, it doesn't stick. It doesn't work as well when you give it to yourself, right? Yours actually is stuff. He was his idea, but I just make a suggestion. I say, instead of Sawara, how about the cactus? And he said, cactus sounds better. I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that. That's going to be better. Hey, you wrote um, in in one of your lessons, your lesson in humility was, one of your chapters you talked about was answering the doubters in Houston. Um, and I'm based in Houston. So I got to ask you specifically about, about that. Coming to Houston, answering the doubters. What was going on there when you ran Oh, you know, Houston, because that is just like, okay, that's like a, uh, I can say this now because one of the, one of my own, my own main sponsor wasn't believing me at that time. And I remember I got a reduction letter, like a contract reduction, like a night before the race, they say, oh, okay, we're going to reduce you this. And I, and I just said, why don't you hold on letter to, why just keep this, keep this, like I say, keep this letter, wait until tomorrow, we'll see what, what I'm capable of doing. So I just, you know, just for me, and a lot of people didn't believe me I was going to make it. And that's the, at that, like a 2012, that's one point people, they think I should have retired like a 2010. Because I was going through injury, you know, think I wasn't healthy, you know, I have like a little hamstring problem, you know, just like, I'm not like at the end of the day, I am, I'm a human. I, I go through things too. You know, I get injured on this. I'm, I don't perform my best all the time. And, you know, but at that coming to that race, I knew I was going to make the team and I knew everything like just was going to be normal because I was motivated because I heard what the people were saying. And then plus my own company was trying to like, you know, reduce me or cut me. So and I just, you know, that was prove everyone wrong. You know, all the doubters, non-believers. So you told them, hey, hold off. Don't not not yet. So you bring I, I, I told I said, I told them if I if I make the team, you give you give me a full pay. If I don't make the team, you can have all your all your money back. Just because I'll you know at the end of the day, I like to I like to bet on myself if I know what I'm capable of. I love I it. How's all wins? How was their response? Ah, their response, they were they 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 did not believe I made the team. But you know, but I, but that was them though. Me, it wasn't a surprise. They hold up their end of the bargain once you did it. Oh, they did, yeah. <laughs> That's that is fantastic. 
You do a lot of interviews and you're out publicly all over the world. What is, the, is there anything that you, you never, you don't get asked, but you're like, why doesn't anybody ever ask me about this in here? Is there anything that you've wanted to talk about or feel like I keep waiting for this question and it doesn't come? Hmm? Uh, not really. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm always, I'm open book. So there's nothing that I want to talk about it. That's in my heart and that I've never been asked. So just, and I'm always, if someone asks me a question, I'm always, if I know, if I have a knowledge or if I can answer, I will always answer. And if I can't, I say I cannot answer it. <laughs> Are you also, like you have a cadence, almost like running, like the way that you conduct yourself and the way that you speak, you know, as, as a distance runner. Uh, do you get riled up? Like, do you get off your game and off your pace? Sometimes. <laughs> what, what does that? Like, what throws you off? I just ask you some, some people ask you some random question or some silly questions, you know, just something, uh, especially when someone asks you what someone else did or just like, you know, just like, and, and, and especially like when someone like trying to make you mad or kiss you something like for me, like, to be honest, like, I, there's a lot of questions that's, you know, running sports is funny. It's just like, I'm, it just, I've been doing it for over, like, I don't know, 22 years. And there's a people out there, like, they come out, they say, oh, I've just taken something. And I say, you know what, for me, it is just funny. What fact do you have, though? That's the one thing I just, like, it just, that kind of stuff just makes me mad. doesn't make me mad, but they kind of throw me off. Because the, neg- just, the negativity aspect, yeah. you know, the looking for something because there's got to be a reason or there's got to be a cheat or there's got to be something, you know, to, to poke for. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I say, you know, at the end of the day, first, I haven't done like anything that crazy, crazy times. I'm always, I'm, I'm a competitor. I like to compete. I deliver when it counts. Just like at my times are just normal. And I've been doing this for 20 plus 20 plus years and I've been test all the time, 24 years. And I say, if I'm, I say, if I'm, if I've been doing something for 24 years, I've been getting away with it. I say, I must be good. I must be one of the best dober ever, <laughs> ever walked on this planet. As, as if you would put that much time into that versus the actual training itself, you know, exactly. to, do, yep. to, to do that. Yeah. You've got um, some rules to live by. Like some prints uh, uh, beyond the lessons and stuff, you've got some rules to live by um, that that stood out to me. What are some of those rules and principles that you live by? Oh, just uh, my best one is uh, just the world. But the one, I, the one I like to give the people is like in for long term, uh, in it for the long run. You know, to be honest, like something like just like if you're looking for a quick fix. Yeah, you can get it, man. Just like, a, like, a, it's like having a coach. You know, I've been with my coach for over 20, 20 plus years, almost, almost close to thirty years. You know, I live in the same place, just like not the same, but the same town. You know, just keep the same, same, same friends. You know, just I see a lot of people succeed when they come out of college. You know, for but at the end of the day, they get injury for one. They get injured like one one month or two months, and then suddenly they want to change the coaches, and they want to see someone else doing so. Where they say, "Oh, I'm going to go train with that coach." Mm-hmm. Where the 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 focus and the stability on these relationships, also, you know, come that relationships are hard. You know, being with anybody for 10, 20, you know, years is is really hard. How do you approach that kind of a dynamic, the athlete coach dynamic? Even look. We got husband and wife dynamics, you know, we've got father and son dynamics. We have coach and athlete, you know, dynamics and longevity is, is very challenging. And more yes. often than not, you don't see these relationships lasting as long as what you're, you're talking about here. Um, what's your approach on that? There have to be some times when you were, you were at those crossroads of, do I need to go to another level? Do I need somebody else? Is this enough for me? You know, you've battled injury as well. Yep. <laughs> that's a valid question, actually. Yep, definitely. And that's true. But it's it all depends on the athlete, on the coach, how they how they communicate. It's all about communication, everything in life. If you don't have a good communication, the relationship's not gonna last that long. 
because I, I'm, I, I tell the coach how I'm feeling. I just like sometimes I tell the coach how I'm feeling if I'm capable of doing that workout. And, you know, just I'm the coach have to understand that when the athlete tell you, like I say, I'm not going to be able to do this workout today because I'm not feeling my best. It's not the some coach, most of coaches like are like a, it's my way or the highway. Just basically they tell you to walk through something. There's something, there's some stuff you cannot walk through it, actually, to be honest. And that's when the coach needs to understand and that. Mike, me and my coach, we have that kind of, we have that analysis. So I can tell him anything and he will trust me. He will tell me something and I'll trust him. Just, that's our foundation. It's, it's applicable, as you were saying, beyond sports, you know, and, and whether it's your boss at work or your partner at work or anywhere, it's applicable in that communication aspect of things. It's sometimes, you know, there's got to be that mutual respect and that commitment to go, to go deep and go long in that. With everything that you've had on your plate, what inspired you to do a book also? Uh, you know, just so the thing that inspired me to do the book was just share my, just share my success, you know, five, making five, five Olympics, making, uh, you know, coming from Somalia. And also just tell people if you believe in yourself and you could do anything that you want it, just simple as that. And just motivate, you know, young kids coming up. What was your process in putting the book together? You know, I just went through it also. Um, And it's not easy. (laughs) Everybody has a different process. What was your process of of writing? Were you talking? Were you actually typing anything? Did you actually get a pen and paper and start putting stuff down? You know, how did you work through all of your life experiences to capture them? Oh, you know, some stuff we did it, some stuff I wrote it down, some stuff from my parents and, you know, just, that's a lot of, that's a lot of stuff I did and some stuff I sat down with Miles and we talked about it. This book is, it was a project almost a year. We took us almost a year, you know, to write it just so it was a lot of work wasn't the easiest. Some a lot of writing, a lot of like uh, talking to different people, talking to my coaches, talking to my friends, you know, just be, because sometimes you have an idea what you want to talk about, but you need to go back and find out how you dealt with that situation, who you talk, you know, just like at the friends that you have, the relationship that you build long term, you know, just that's a lot of process. And Absolutely. The best part was my coach. And, and I'll tell you a year. A year is is fast. You do everything fast. (laughs) And when you think about starting, okay, starting a book and being able to to execute on that and taking it all the way, you know, to published, a year's time is super fast time to capture the entire body of work that that you've done. Yeah, man. Well, well, thanks to Miles. So my my job was easy, actually. I just have to come up with all the ideas, just write some stuff down. And then meet up with him a couple of times a week. You know, just it wasn't easy, but we did it though. Let me ask you, in you know, when you do this also, you've got to you've got to approach other people. You talk about going to your coach and, and going back and getting stories and you know, getting a forward written, you know, from Mo yeah. and, getting, and getting testimonials. You know, you're a you're a pretty humble guy, you know, too. Like how how did that feel going out and asking, you know, for people to like, hey, I need you to say something nice about me i need you to read this and and having feedback come back to you uh you know most of them they were easy actually to be honest the people who wrote the forward for me because they are like they're close friend of mine so it wasn't even that hard like mofar he's like my little brother so it wasn't even it wasn't even that hard map been he's map kefaleski is my he's one of my close friends you know i've known him for over 20 years dina castro close friend of mine and, you know, and the other people in there, like a Mary Wimper, you know, just is the people that I have relationship with, to be honest. It wasn't hard for me asking them, like, you know, I talked to Miles and I say, who do you think we should ask? And he said, oh, yeah, you know, Mo will be great, Dina. And, you know, just it's kind of good to know people. Like, and also I say, you know, if you're nice to people, they will be nice to you too. So, Do you prefer running alone or, or with other people? Uh, I like running with my friends. I like, I like, but sometimes I like running alone. Just, I give me peace of mind most, but when I'm training for a race, I like to train with my group, but sometimes my foundation, I like to do it my own when I'm doing, when I'm building my foundation, like the base of, like right now I'm doing my base. So just a lot of running. So that's what I do by myself. And I enjoy it more. 
I mean, it occurs to me now we've been talking for for a while, but you know, the notion of long distance running and the sport that you're in um, can be very lonely also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Putting yeah. in the miles, being out there, traveling, I would imagine, to these to these events. Uh, even when you're part of a team, if you will, whether it's same sponsors or a team or the US team, yeah. you're still out there on your own. It's still you just going out there and and doing it. Um how do you, I guess your approach on that, do you, do you thrive on that? Obviously, you know, kind of you've been doing this so long, but you're out there on your own. You know, like how do you deal with, you know, people solo? I'm at this myself. I've got my team. You know what, you know what I'm getting at? Like it's a, it's a different yeah, situation yeah, yeah. than playing a team, a team sport, you know, or working for a company. Yeah. And like we talked about earlier this, you know, just, this is the, you, you got rewarded. How do you perform? Like you don't reward because someone else will run past or someone else will like made the basket or just it just is a purely on you. It's just how do you run, how fast you run, how high you finish the race, and how you, that's how you reward. And that's what I try for. Just for me, I give it my best. For me, it's man. It's just one of those sports like almost the closest that you could get a boxing. I think boxing match basically because the one of one. So it's a man against man. We, we're not only fighting, but we find a different kind of fight. We're trying to outrun each other. I think, yeah, I, I think the discipline and the commitment to personal performance and personal achievement um, is truly remarkable. And obviously, what's what separates you know the super successful you know like yourself um, from those that maybe are not able to get there. And again, it transcends sports. You know, in anything, wherever you want to be successful, how well are you able to focus, put in the work, do the job, and actually get the result? Because as you said, you don't. You don't get paid for the effort, you know, in a way. No, no, no. Everybody's there giving effort. Mm-hmm. Everybody. And for me, I never take lightly for that's the one other thing. I never take, I look at everything. doesn't matter how fast they run. They can't be the, I never run against them before. I don't know how, but at the end of the day, when we come to that starting lineup, everybody is a threat, is a threat to me. Mm-hmm. What I want accomplished. So that's, I mean, that's where like you, you seem to light up like, okay, wait a minute. Like we get everybody out. There's a threat. I don't want to lose what I have. Okay. I'm out there to go ahead and win this. Like, that's where, I mean, I see, I see the face light up. I see all of a sudden that, that switch kind of gets, gets flipped into, okay, now, now I'm competitive, you know, right now, here's like, it's still, I'm going to run my race. I'm going to have my cadence. I'm going to do it, but I'm here to actually beat you. Yep. (laughs) Like that's, that's how this works. I'm here to beat you because again, set the money, set all the other stuff aside. Like that's just, that's just yeah. me and the race and the clock and every one of you guys. Right? Yep. Yep. That's true. That's the pride factor. Like that's what sits you back and you cross over like, okay, that's the, I'm the man factor right there. <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool. So two years to go mm-hmm. until the sixth that's what's on your mind like that's that's top of mind that's the next goal that's the next goal like every day that's you know i'm i'm not if i'm gonna but like at the end of the people ask me when are you gonna retire and i say i, I don't know but what's it like said, from from you asked me today today my goal is to make to the and i, I want to make the olympic team but at the, at the same time i don't want to get ahead of myself so there's a there's a hurdle that you have to cross before you get to the Olympics. So the, my main goal is to qualify the trials, and then we're gonna go from there. Like there's a people they say, "Oh, it's my, I'm my way to the Olympics." Before you get to the Olympics, you have to make the team, and that's it's not easy either because a lot everybody want to make the team. So I wanna. That's my main goal is to get to the trials and be top three at the trials, and then go to Paris. Well, it's it's cliche, but it's one step at a time, as you said. I mean, you know the process. You've done it five times before. It's yeah. a big goal, um, and I got no doubt that you're gonna you're gonna accomplish it. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Abby, this has been this has been super cool, and I and I thank you so much for giving me a little a little glimpse into your life and into your world, as the book title is, because it's so new and so different. Uh, for me. And, and it's just really eye-opening and educational and really entertaining to hear from somebody with your accomplishments and your background and bring it, bring it to this audience. Cause I think there's so much of, of your message and your story and the lessons that are in this book that are applicable, whether you run or not. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's, I think, really what's connected most that these are life lessons. You know, these are, these are sustainability, longevity, competitive, health, wellness, mindset. I mean, it's all in here. And again, it's, it's transcended athletics and I really appreciate it. And I think you, you did a remarkable job on it. Miles too. Thank you, man. Uh, thank you for having me again. Really appreciate it. And also I saw the beard that you, you, you post something on your Instagram today. The eight logger, man. <laughs> yes. Are you a beer guy? Oh, man, love beer. So it's the best. Okay. So you're going to send, I'm going to get you some. Okay. Troy <laughs> Aikman, the, it's, this is Troy Aikman's new beer. The eight, oh, eight light logger, the quarterback from the Dallas Cowboys, Hall of Fame. Yes, I, I saw it, man. I love it. I love logger too. So it was my favorite beer. I, I go to a bar. If I go to somewhere, I say, hey, can I have a logger just? So here's what we're going to do. I am going to get your information and your address, and we're going to hook you up with some eight with some eight beer, okay? I'm not okay. going to run with you, but I'll have one with you at the end, okay? <laughs> How about that? Ab- absolutely. Abdi, thank you so much for joining me on the Midlife Mail podcast today. Guys, the book, Abdi's World, The Black Cactus on Life, Running, and Fun. Abdi, where do people find and follow you and, and you know, know all about what's going on with you yeah man they can follow me on my instagram run on my instagram abdi runs like abdi runs lowercase yep and i'm going to tag it on the promotion as well um guys pick this up okay again whether you're a runner or not pick up this book give abdi a follow it's really inspirational stuff there's a lot of life lessons in here whether you read this thing cover to cover whether you pick this up and just flip to a different page anytime you want a little life lesson in here and we can all use lessons in humility lessons in positivity lessons in belonging it's all right here so grab this abdi i'm going to do this one more time abdi rahman yes sir i did better Yes, but much better. I did much better on the end than at the beginning. Man, this was a pleasure and a joy. Good luck and congratulations to you, man. We're all rooting for you. Thank you, Abdi. Thanks for having me. Hang with me for one second. Guys, if you like what you hear on the podcast, please give us that five-star rating. Leave us that positive review and share the midlife mail mantra and message with anyone and everyone out there. You got to live your message just like Abdi is doing today. You can always reach me, greg at midlifemail.com, and you can follow me at Greg Scheinman on Instagram. Thank you so much, guys. Until next week, we are out. If you're interested in coaching and taking this conversation deeper so that you can achieve your personal and professional goals, be sure to head over to midlifemail.com and check out the work with me page to explore options.